0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: We're in the book of Acts chapter 18 for our study today, and we'll get to an encouragement that Paul desperately needs. And uh, sometimes Paul, beaten, thrown out of a, uh, one town, gone, run out of another one. But God knew what to do and what to say to Paul. And we're going to get to this in a moment. But in verse 9 of chapter 18, it says, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by vision. He said, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And then it says he continued there a year and six months. Now, that was probably the second longest stay Paul had on his missionary journeys. Ephesus, he would stay longer. But we find out God giving us the encouragement that we need when we need it. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarlane, and we are studying in the book of Acts, and we're on Paul's second missionary journey. He's already answered the Macedonian call. He's gone to Neapolis, to Philippi, to Thessalonica, to Berea. He made his way down south to Athens, and now he heads west a little bit to the financial and economic uh, capital of that area, Corinth. But it was not mm-hmm. just the capital of finance. It was probably the capital of sin, and uh, so we're looking at that today, and Alex, even in this city, this wicked, wicked city, God loves those people. He brings those out that would trust him, and Paul establishes a church there right in the midst of a crooked and perverse people. God has his people, and they stick. Now, they needed correction later on. We'll know that. God had his people there, did he not?
2: Well, he really did. And Corinth was a city, like you said, a a carnal Corinth. But, you know, after Athens, Paul goes to Corinth. And excuse me, I swallowed wrong. Um, I've often thought about this in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3. Paul says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech, my preaching, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You know, if you read First and Second Corinthians, it's very straightforward, very, very straightforward, and, and frankly, kind of simple. Now, back at Mars Hill, you know, Paul had done intellectual battle with the intellectual elites, and, you know, after after Mars Hill, uh, you know, I've often wondered if Paul might have felt a little bit defeated. He shouldn't have, because even though some called him a babbler, some heard him. But, you know, there's two things in Acts chapter 18 where the Lord encourages him. For one, like you said, you know, be not afraid, but speak, and do not hold your peace, for I am with thee. Jesus tells Paul, I'm with you, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city." But also, later on in Acts 18, there's a man named Gallio, who is a Roman deputy, and the Jews bring accusation against Paul, says he, he persuades people to worship contrary to the law, but it says in verse 17, uh, you know, they brought out the best charges, the most articulate accusations they could level against Paul. It says, Gallio cared for none of these things. Um, <laughs> he didn't listen a bit to the accusers because i think he was listening to the evangelist and in that i think paul probably had a lot of encouragement
1: i believe let me name another encouragement uh he stayed with two people that had the same vocation as he did aquila and priscilla and Mm -hmm. uh and then on the way you was reading from corinthians when silas gets there he and uh, they, they get there, and, and they're sh- helping and strengthening him, Timothy and Silas. They bring him an offering from the churches that in Macedonia to help. And, a, uh, and he most got, generous offering. Yeah, a very generous offering. And so he, he got a lot of encouragement right there. I agree with you, Alex, at a strategic time. I think the timing was, notice I mean, this is emotional. He was planning on going further north, and God changed his direction and brought him over into Europe, further west. And he came to some places that Thessalonica was hard, man. They just didn't run him out of Thessalonica. They came to Berea to run him out. And, yeah. uh, and so in Athens. So at this strategic time, I believe God just rains some, uh, let me just say, some encouragement up on, on this man the Apostle Paul that needed it. And, and isn't that encouragement? Because we think of Apostle Paul, he had a lion kind of temperament, if you have that kind of temperament, or type A, if you, according to how you recognize temperament. He was committed to this task. He was going to it and no turning back, and yet he needed that encouragement. I think all of us, at some point in our lives, it sure does help to have some people to come alongside, for God to bring a Bible verse or an encouragement to us. Uh, God knows when to do it, doesn't he?
2: Well, he really does. He he really does. You know, when I was at uh, Liberty University, Thomas Road Baptist Church, Dr. Jerry Falwell, incredible man of God, uh, at least a couple of times a year on Sunday morning at Thomas Road, as we'd be going in with hundreds and hundreds of people, we'd be heading into Sunday school and church, and there'd be protesters of various sorts, and sometimes they could be, you know, very, very vile. Bert, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then I'm I was working for Dr. Dobson and sometimes out there at Focus on the Family, there would be people and we'd be driving into the parking lot at seven thirty in the morning and there'd be some people with some bad signs and stuff like that. And and I think about this, I just read, did you read where that incredibly wonderfully done documentary in his image well it has been banned by Amazon Prime. Right. Yep. And and it says there's no recourse. You cannot appeal Amazon's decision. I mean this. So it's easy to get discouraged. But listen to this from Acts chapter 18. Paul is given his life for the salvation of people. And it says that there were, and, and I love this, in verse 4 of, of Acts 18, Paul reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded Jews and Greeks. And the word reason there. Um, He presented, he explained, and he defended. He supported what he was saying. Paul, when he said Jesus is the Messiah, he could prove that. And he would say he fulfilled prophecy and he rose from the dead. Paul was reasoning, presenting, explaining, defending. But look at verse uh, 5 and 6. Some of the Jews uh, opposed this. And verse 6 says, when they opposed themselves and blasphemed... Paul shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go to the Gentiles. Here's the thing. If somebody, you know, criticizes you or demeans you because you're a Christian and you, you know, you conservative evangelical Christians, you know, you're you're out of step with the times. You're on the wrong side of history and so forth. Let me say this. They're only opposing themselves. We, we have done our job. Now, do we want people to be saved? Of course. Paul did. We all want people to be saved. But you know what? We deliver the message, and if they respond or, or if they reject, uh, our hands are clean because we did our part. And it's interesting, the skeptics, the critics, the unbelievers, they opposed themselves. They, And that's what people are doing to this day, isn't it, Bert?
1: They are, and but notice what, I love strategy or strategic placement. Yeah. The justice who lived next door to the synagogue <laughs> invited Paul and to come in and continue teaching. And then verse uh, 8, Crispus, the ruler of yeah. the synagogue believed on the Lord with all of his household, and then many of the Corinthians here and believed and were baptized. Now I could not help it. Right next to the synagogue. Now let me tell you what I thought about. I Apparently thought of, it was built right on. Right on. I thought of Planned Parenthood, and how they'll get real close to a to a a, a area where they have people financial difficulty. And honestly, it's uh, African American citizens. They love to put their Planned in Parenthood, inner city. inner city and then they also like college towns and college campuses but what's happened ministries like pre-born that they operate and these strategic uh, uh you know uh, uh places where you can go and get your testing done and it's a a counseling center to help you see what abortion is, but it, it able to help you know, they have looked at it and they said, we're going to get as close to Planned Parenthood as we can so that mm-hmm. we can offer this. And so this is strategy. This is strategic. And uh, so here, God has his people, many believed, and they were baptized. And that's when Paul heard from God about Don't be discouraged. Do not keep silent. I love that. Keep on preaching, Paul. Don't keep silent. Keep on preaching. And so that is exactly what happened. And then, as you said earlier, this man from uh, Corinth rose up and he said, listen, you're making too much. This This is not a Roman. This is not a lawful uh, charge that you have against him. This is just your Jewish, uh, you know, complaint and I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think he saw through that pretty plainly, did he not?
2: Well, he really did. And you know what? It says that the Jews had made an insurrection with one accord. I mean, they had gotten their lynch mob together. And when Paul was about, in verse 14, Paul was about to open his mouth. Uh, As we all do, we tend to want to defend ourselves. But Gallio said to the Jews, uh, if it were a matter of wrong or right or wrong, uh, I, I would adjudicate this for you. But look, it's a question of words and names and of your law. You look into it. I'm not going to be a judge in such matter. He drove them from the judgment seat. In other words, get out of here. And he didn't care for any of those things. So really, Paul, uh, the insurrection that was organized against Paul failed. And so Paul is going to go to Ephesus and Caesarea and head toward Jerusalem. Now, it's interesting Paul, after this, tarried there for a good while, a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half. I, I found I mean, he's there great. like 18 months, isn't he? It, it
1: is. And the only other place I found out where he stayed anywhere close to that long was Ephesus. And yeah. uh, he stayed there, and he's going to be connected with Ephesus more than one time. Uh, but I love that he stayed there a good while. Then he took leave from the brethren and sailed for Syria. Uh, this is kind of unusual for him to have that much time in one place, so... Uh, uh, no wonder he would write, I know they were difficult, and they lived in a wicked city, but no yeah. wonder he would take his time to write those letters to Corinth long letters to Corinth. A lot of people think there's three letters, you know uh, yeah. there was a letter that did not make it into the canon because somebody said he probably got in the flesh
3: <laughs> uh-huh. and, and, well, uh, know, yeah the holy Spirit
1: yeah. uh, the Holy Spirit didn't lead him in that on that third letter. Now, whether that's true or not, we don't know that's just people talking. But he did care for these people deeply, didn't he? A year and a half yeah. is long enough to establish strong relationships, you know?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Seven miles away, there is a town or a community, C E N C H R E, CRIN, CINCREA. I'm not Cynchrea's sure.
1: How, how I always heard it pronounced. Cynchrea.
2: And that's the name of a seed, millet. Uh, M-I-L-L-E-T Millet is what this name Now it's interesting when they called him a babbler They called him a seed picker yep. Now he's going to be in a, a city <laughs> That's named for a seed Interestingly enough And we'll talk more about that We've got a break coming up Folks you're listening to Exploring the Word On the American Family Radio Network More of 18 Plus your phone calls and questions As Bert and Alex invite you to continue with us As we study God's Word Don't go away we're back after this brief break
4: This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
5: Today, we
0: pray for Deb Holland, United States Secretary of the Interior. She oversees management and conservation of our country's federal land and natural resources. Genesis 1-1 reminds us that the earth is truly God's creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Deb Holland in her role as United States Secretary of the Interior. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team.
3: Enrich your prayer life and pray for America and our leaders with our daily National Leadership Prayer Journal. Get yours now at paustopray.org.
5: God promises spiritual success to the faithful. But Dr. Tony Evans says that real people of faith are people of action. He'll explain why that's so important today as we spend two minutes with Tony.
3: There is responsibility tied to blessing. There's responsibility tied to success. You must cross the Jordan and every place your foot trods, well, that means you got to walk somewhere. Every place where your foot has trod I have given it to you. In other words, I've already gone in front of you and I've worked it out. But you won't see that I've worked it out until you cross over and walk on it. You start off with deliverance, salvation, wilderness, spiritual development, destiny, arriving at your place of calling. You cannot skip the wilderness. You can't can't jump from deliverance to destiny. Now, many of us here are wandering in the wilderness. You know, we're in circles. We're stuck in the wilderness like Israel was in the wilderness. Why? Because faith has not been developed. And like Israel, we're complaining every day. We're complaining, why me? Why now? Why you're not doing this? Why is it taking so long? Why not now? Why, 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 why? And God is looking for a faith that acts. So I have already done it for you. It's already covered for you, but you don't get to realize it till you walk on it. If you are not moving, then you will live your life and you'll never know why you were here.
5: Tony gets you fully equipped to live a successful, productive Christian life in his CD series, The Spiritual Toolkit, available online at TonyEvans.org. Check it out today. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony.
4: Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me.
0: American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
2: We are pressing on with that friend who sticks closer than a brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, with us always. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We're in Acts chapter 18. Alex and Bert, so glad you're listening today. And uh, in a minute, we're going to get to phone calls and such, but we're in Acts 18. Uh, Bert, I've always wondered about something. Uh, Acts eighteen eighteen. okay, this syn- synchrea, this town. Uh, Paul had cut his hair because he made a vow. Now, here's the apostle to the Gentiles who talks about grace and the law has been fulfilled. Uh, what what was this vow about? Do we know?
1: We don't know. Uh, I think it was looking at it. It was a vow to get back to Jerusalem for feast. I believe for that. The, yeah, 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 I believe that was connected. Now, again, this is important. Remember, James uh, and John. Uh, Peter and John rather, in early part of Acts, they would go to the temple to pray again. Christ had already risen. Uh, you know Pentecost had already taken place, and yet they were going back to the temple to pray each day. And here Paul makes a vow. We don't know exactly if it was a kind of a Jewish vow, but it had something to do with the feast, so it was connected. So, and,
2: and isn't it important to point out, this was not about how to get saved.
1: It had nothing to do with salvation. It exactly. had to do exactly. with his desire to be there, to celebrate and to be with people. Uh, the old, it makes it plain, it's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and not keep it. Now, again, so be careful what vows you do take. Your wedding vows, you need to be careful. Uh, you need to make sure, but when you do... Alex, it's important. that Bible says that uh, the, sin, the sexual sins is a sin against your own body. So if, if you're doing sexual sins uh, concerning your life, it would be pornography. It could be uh, adultery, affairs. It could be a lot of things. You're sinning against your own body. You're sinning against the church. You're sinning against God. Uh, It seems like these sexual sins are compounded, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so he's making this vow. I think it's a clean vow. I think it does have to do with him getting back there to deliver some, you know, finances and some encouragement to the church at Antioch and Jerusalem both.
2: You know, I always like verse 19. Paul, he came to Ephesus uh, and left him there, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned, with the Jews now, the word there uh, it really kind of means uh, in well, in a way, argue or dialogue with back and forth. He was not being argumentative, but he was conversing, preaching, lecturing, and uh, let me just say, the Christian faith is a reasonable faith. You know, if all we had was my opinion versus your opinion, uh, we we could. Make a lot of smoke and heat, but not a lot of progress. Yeah, that's but,
1: reason I. Sunday school, what do y'all think about this verse? And everybody's got an opinion. Uh, yeah. But let me say this, and I, I'm, I'm interrupting just a minute. No, keep your no, thought, no. and I sure. want to keep it. Notice this word reasoned with him, and mm-hmm. he's about to introduce Apollos, who mm. was so eloquent and could reason. And had great speech. He knew the scriptures, Old Testament scriptures. He was oh eloquent in presenting it. Even there's no doubt he was probably the most eloquent preacher that we find in the Book of Acts. That includes Peter. That's including Paul. And uh, so I found that interesting that they would use he would use that word that term right before Apollos comes onto the scene in verse 24,
2: Alex. Well, it's interesting. In the Greek, the word there in verse 19 says, Paul, in the synagogue, reasoned with the Jews. The The word is dialogue. to dialogue, Let's talk. You know, why do you believe what you believe? Here's the gospel, and Jesus, the fulfillment of all the prophecies. And, you know, you're right, Apollos was eloquent. Um, you know, it talks about, in verse 28, that he mightily convinced the Jews, publicly showing by the Scriptures Jesus was the Christ. Um Some have thought, although we don't know for sure, perhaps Apollos was a contributor to the book of Hebrews. And oh, my goodness, you know, if if there is a Ph.D. course in soteriology and Christology in the New Testament, uh, the book of Hebrews is a Ph.D. level course.
1: (laughs) It is. I started reading that this morning. I, you know, I got through with Isaiah and I go over to the, you know, the New Testament. and I said, Lord, after reading Isaiah and it's high language. I mean, it's beautiful. I said oh, I'm yeah. going to go to the Book of Hebrews, who has sim. If you think about it, similar language, and that's Greek, and and I know it's Hebrew, but it's still translated well. Now, let me make this one statement, and then I'll get back to you. There's something big happening between what you what we said about reasoning in Apollos, and that is he ends his second missionary journey, and Apollos is introduced on the third missionary journey, but it mm-hmm. is interesting. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that take place in verses uh, 18 through verse 23, Alex. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. we're talking about a year or so probably uh, of time frame in this, in this little bit here.
2: Well, you know, they talk about a literary technique called telescoping, <laughs> where yeah. you... Um, and you yeah. know, you yeah. think about that, that you put a lot of things together, and, and you're right. Um, so the book of Acts is, in some ways, sequential and chronological, but there's times when just a whole lot, like you say, is packed into a small amount of space. There's, I don't know what we might call an economy of words, but but you're right. There's a lot of time taking place. Uh, he came to Ephesus, left him there— all right, uh, they desired him to tarry longer with them, but he consented not. Verse 20 said, "I can't do that, bade them farewell, saying, "I must by all means keep this feast that comes to Jerusalem, but I will return again to you if God wills." Then he sailed to Ephesus, landed at Caesarea, had gone up, saluted the church, went down to Antioch, spent some time there, departed, went all over the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order. See verse 23, we don't exactly know how long that took.
1: That's right. Now, that's part of the third missionary journey. Now, yeah. what we, this is so important, and I love the language. Uh, if you know where Caesarea is, and you know where Jerusalem is, and you know where Antioch is, um, if you talk the way we do, going up is kind of like going north, or going east or west is going over. But I've said this again, and I'm saying it for those folks that think like I do, and I and sometimes I think there's not many that think like you do, Bert, so get a hold of yourself. But anyway, he went up to Jerusalem and then down to Antioch, which was north. But going up to Jerusalem was always the case in, in the writings with the book of Acts. They went up to Jerusalem. So he goes to Jerusalem, reports to the church, now, I think this is important. We don't have it here, Alex, but let me make mention of it, and I'd love for you to comment about it. He goes up because what he had left the church at Jerusalem with was letters about the Gentiles and them being saved. No, they did not have to become Jews, but they asked them to do certain things, you know, not eating the blood, you know, drinking blood, not, uh, you know, not doing certain things. And he's going back to report to the church at Jerusalem. And I think with this little bit of information we had of them going to Jerusalem, that it went well. In other words, he went back to report to them. They liked what they heard, so Luke didn't write about it. In other words, no news. No news is good news,
2: you know? Yeah, well said, well said. And, you know, we alluded earlier to uh, Apollos, uh, who was born at Alexandria. Okay, that Egypt, very big city of culture, commerce, and learning, says an eloquent man, and the wording there for eloquent is a variation of the word for logos, logios. Um, Now, uh, wordy, (laughs) but, you you know, uh, gifted and uh, able to speak, and so uh, at, at any rate, mighty in the Scriptures. That's a very significant word, isn't it? And you know what, let me just say, we, we encourage you in this regard, folks, um, we don't all have the same amount of opportunities. I think about somebody, you know, we get to heaven, we, we're we going to find Apollos up there next to Adrian Rogers, yeah. probably. That's
1: who I it, was thinking about. I was, when I think seriously. of Apollos, Adrian Rogers, uh, Charles Spurgeon, these men who are... Uh, they were so descriptive and, and so eloquent their their vocal abilities were amazing and uh I but is mighty in scriptures. Alex Well that's y- yeah he, he knew the scriptures, did he not?
2: Well, and the word there it's translated mighty in the scriptures. Another way to translate it is able in the scriptures. Um Abel um <laughs> I remember growing up on the farm, there were a lot of tools, and we had several sledgehammers, or little hammers. And I remember one of my dad's workers, I was a kid, and I was wanting to split wood with a hammer and a wedge. And I remember uh, Ed Robinson, he's in heaven now. He worked with my dad, worked for my dad. He said, brother, they call me brother. He said, I just don't think you're big enough yet to swing that hammer. See, I was not able. Yeah. One day I was able. But let me say this, folks, you can be able In the scriptures now Adrian Rogers and Charles Spurgeon and Apollos uh, they might have had different opportunities but we have the same Bible they had you and I read and study and share the same Bible that Billy Graham preached from the same scriptures and Bert can't we all with the opportunities we've got and the life this brief little window called life uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit we can be like Apollos able in the scriptures can't we
1: we can now listen god wants us to develop and use what he has given us he's given some not everybody is equally gifted we're all equally saved we're all equally able to have god to use us to the best of our ability but there are men that come along that lack like of apollos listen to these words he was an eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he is fervent in the spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things the Lord through he knew only the baptism of John. Now, that brings us into Aquila and Priscilla, showing him a more eloquent way. And guess what? He doesn't say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Even with all of these abilities and this knowledge, he was teachable, Alex. I, yes. Isn't, he, oh, wow. isn't yeah. that a awesome? Uh, listen, I don't care who you are. You can have so many degrees that you could have a thermometer named after you, someone said. <laughs> Good one. But listen, humility is a place where you're teachable, and no one has ever arrived. I don't care who they are, Billy Graham, uh, Dr. Adrian Rogers. Nobody has ever arrived where they do not need to know more and learn more in all humility, Alex.
2: Mm. Well, God is so good to all of us. And, you know, that's one of the beautiful things, the inexhaustible riches of the gospel message and the Word of God. Uh, I I just love, though, that it says he mightily convinced the Jews. In other words, ably, fruitfully, powerfully, and publicly shown by the Scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. And again, I... and by the way, uh, Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name. It's really the title. Jesus, the anointed one, the Savior. And uh, the beautiful thing that this is a reasonable faith. It's not just opinion versus opinion, but it's truth. I mean, um, Bert, do you ever remember studying when you were in seminary uh, about archaeology, right. how archaeology has continually <laughs> affirmed? Oh, man, and I never,
1: it still does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, William F. Albright and Nelson Gleck, G-L-E-U-K, two of the, really the founders of archaeology, and they had said this, um, no archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference. And another statement that made an impression on me said, I love the very poetic, with every turn of the archaeologist's spade, another page of Scripture has been confirmed. And so when we tell people, look, this is real. Now, I believe it. Of course I believe it. But it's not merely Alex's opinion. No, this is fact. Amen. Th- this is truth. And so Verified can, by many
1: witnesses. Doesn't that make you think of Hebrews?
2: At, you know, in Acts 1, verse Acts 5.
1: 1. Let me make this because time, we've got about a minute and a half. And uh, it'd be better for us just stay in chapter 18 and start 19 tomorrow because I wanted to make this point. I think this is very important. Do you remember in the book of Acts, and I think the book of Acts teaches this again and again, here was the Ethiopian who had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he had purchased at least part of the book of Isaiah, if not all of it. He was going back, and so he had received light. But what did God do? God sent Stephen to give him, I meant Philip, to give him more light. You got that? Now, here's Mm -hmm. Apollos. He's received the light. He's mighty in scriptures. He's fervent in the spirit. But what happens? God has Aquila and Priscilla, listen to these words. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, Apollos, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. He followed the light he had, the baptism of John, the knowledge of the Old Testament, but then Aquila and Priscilla was able to give him more light. Alex, mm. God, again, in the book of Acts, you see this happening. It is, uh, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I believe it's a principle, brother, that, that you can see developed Amen. in the book of Acts.
2: Oh, exactly. And, you know, I've mentioned it so many times, and I I don't mean to be redundant, but that classic book by Don Richardson called Eternity in Their Hearts. um, There's not many books that I say every single Christian ought to read, but this is one, it will open your heart towards missions. because your, Your heart will be so touched by people that had a little bit of enlightenment and they begged God for more, you know, crying out, God, whoever you are, show us and we will follow you. We do. And... Let, let me just say that's that's a motivation for us because, listen, if if you live in America and you've heard about Jesus and you see churches and you've got the Bible, oh, we've been privileged to have so much light. Don't ignore it. Don't <laughs> reject it. Respond to the God who's reached out to you.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. He's ready. Hey, 888 is the number. Give us a call. Alex and I would love to hear from you today.
0: Airing the Addisons.
3: Project Lincoln is a Republican outfit that hates Trump. But they are saying that they are going to go after other Republicans who favor Trump and track them. And they're going to keep the world up to date on where these people are so that they never work in this country again.
5: Airing the Addisons. Weekday afternoons at 2
0: Central on AFR. If you miss it, catch the podcast anytime at
3: AFR.net. Then Elisha prayed and said, "O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see." My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One morning, Elisha's young servant went out first thing and saw the Syrian army surrounding Elisha's hometown. The servant was racked with fear and cried out to Elisha, "What will we do?" Elisha said, "Don't be afraid. There are more with us than are with them." Then Elisha prayed, "Lord." open this young man's eyes. The servant then saw the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire. As opposition mounts in our lives, fear not. The Lord who is in us and with us is greater than the hostility present in the world. Listen each
5: weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public
0: policy analyst for the American Family Association.
5: This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. First Peter 4 verse 19 says, Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. There was a little girl in a picture with her family. She had on a beautiful dress, but she had a puffy eye, a busted lip, a tooth knocked out, and athletic tape wrapped around her hands. Though she was covered in injuries, the truth was she had done all of those things to herself. This little girl had a condition that kept her from feeling pain. Her mother said, I'd give anything if my daughter could feel pain because pain shows us that something's wrong. When you go through a painful time in life, remember, God uses that pain to show you that something is wrong so that you can get things right. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR.
0: Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. As we
4: go, let us make disciples. As we go, let us tell the world of Christ.
2: Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert here, uh, just. Kind of put a marker there, and we're going to pick up with Acts chapter 19 tomorrow. But right now, just one of our favorite parts of the ministry, we go to your phone calls. We're going to talk to people everywhere. Hey, the number is 888 We'd love to hear from you. But first, we go up to Virginia, to Ruth in Virginia. Welcome to the program, Ruth. And uh, just curious, where in the Commonwealth of Virginia are you, Ruth? Richmond. Amen. Richmond, great, great city. Great Got a lot city. of great friends up in Richmond. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and what's your question Uh-oh. for exploring the Word?
4: Well, it's a little off topic, but I just wanted to know the best study Bible I can get for someone who doesn't have a Ph.D. <laughs> uh,
1: you know what Ph.D. <laughs> stands for for a lot of people, don't you, Ruth? Putting hub- hubby through. Uh, d- wait, putting hubby done i forgot what it is but anyway uh it it is hey listen i want to suggest to you i'm using it right now it's the one i'm using and i don't have a phd i, I don't uh i'm not a doctor i i've been around long enough to receive it but i haven't that da- dr david jeremiah's study bible is awesome mm. guys i i the other thursday what was funny when you weren't able to be with us alex and Jim was yeah. here. I was in here with my, uh, you know, David Jeremiah Study Bible. And here comes Jim, and he's got the same one. We were laughing about it. And I said, it's a good source, isn't it? There's others out there, Ruth, but I am serious. It is a good study Bible. Go ahead, Alex.
2: It, it is. And by the way, thanks for, um, I, I commend you for wanting to study God's Word. Uh, David Jeremiah Study Bible is wonderful let me name a couple of others and you know i encourage you to own several bibles and i'm going to say something that at first might sound a little some some might be surprised at this but it's actually really good the niv study bible now i'm talking about the one that came out around 1985 and there's like a a commentary for every single verse and, um, Bert, did you ever have one of those? N I? And this is back when the NIV was real good. Now, I know they've messed with it a little in recent years, but do you remember the NIV study Bible? I do. Bible? When
1: it first came out, man, it was great. Yes, it is. And it's still and, great. And yeah. Billy
2: Graham. Yeah. yeah, Billy Graham was involved in that. And the reason I, I bring that one up, for one, it, it is good. Uh, the other thing is you're asking for one, you said somebody without a Ph.D., and I'm assuming you mean, you know, average readers like the rest of us. Uh, then, um, Thomas Nelson did one called the Believer's Study Bible. It's awesome. And it is. Sometimes that's called the Liberty Study Bible, because Liberty University faculty was involved with it. That is really good. And one, one more thing I want to say is um, the um, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, they did a study Bible, HCSB, a few years ago, in fact. Early in the life of this show, Marvin Sanders and Bert Harper and I on the radio endorsed it. The Holman Christian Standard Study Bible, I felt like was really, really good. And, of course, there's others like the Thompson Chain Reference Bible, which is not so much a study Bible, but it links a lot of verses together. But there, there's a lot of good ones out there, and I just commend you for your willingness to be studying the Bible. And we just encourage you to keep on, keep on in the Word and uh, remember psalm 119 verse 18 this is a good prayer lord open my eyes that i may behold wonderful things from your word uh but god bless you ruth how about we go down to texas connie in texas thanks for listening to the american family radio network
4: oh good afternoon gentlemen um i have a question and i think i've complicated my own self with my question but um I know that the Jewish people are, you know, God's chosen people, but and is it just the people itself or is it the religion that they practice?
1: Okay. Connie, great question so many ways. This is unusual. Jew is a group of people, but it's also a religious group of people. It's a combination of it. It is most unusual. And uh, I, when you say chosen— I'll, I just want to share with you, I love this question because they were chosen to what? They were chosen by God through Abraham to make him known to all the world. And I love this because y'all, if you listen to this program, you know I love geography. And you can tell mm-hmm. that when I we're going through Paul's journeys, I go to there and how far they go up and they go down. Notice where he put them. And I think this has something to do with it, Alex. I don't think I'm chasing a rabbit here to let them know why they were chosen he gave them that land the land they're occupying right now the land they need to occupy we need to support them right now still but god gave them that land for a purpose it's real close to where three continents come together africa asia europe right there at the crossroads
2: very strategic
1: very strategic so god gave them that little strip of land that when people comes through there and they see how they operate. That a pound, and I wasn't a pound back then. But if you, are whatever you measured with, that's what you got. And how they treated one another, even how they were to treat the strangers that made their way in, Alex. They were chosen. They sure were. But more than anything, they were chosen to represent God to the rest of the world. And uh, that's exactly what we are as a church. We are chosen. Now we're not. We're not taken the place of the Jewish people. They, we've been grafted in, but we still have that mission of letting people know about Jesus Christ, don't we?
2: Well, that's true, and the Bible says that it, God didn't choose them because they were the most numerous or the strongest or any of the, the human attributes that we might have thought about, but God in his providence. And, you know, one thing history shows us, and we can each learn it personally if we're willing, God's plan is always the best plan. God's plan is the right plan, not only for the nations of the world, the precious Jewish people, but for us as well. God's plan is always the best plan. Thank you, Connie, for that great question. Uh, we're going to go to Mississippi and speak with James. James, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program.
1: Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing good, well. Good, doing well, good, man. How about to you? To where, where are you in Mississippi, James? Uh, I'm down here close to Meridian. Oh me. beautiful, beautiful area down there. Love that area, uh. But it's well, yeah, welcome sir. to the show. Tell us about your question.
4: Well, I I call in from time to time and, and have a little prayer for you guys. And I've been uh, okay, been, needing to do it again for a while. So can James, I James you
1: guys real quick? You you can. Mm-hmm. I I recognize that, and I wasn't sure, but I thought so. Man, Alex, uh, James is going to lead us in prayer, but we. You know, we desire people's prayers because we, we want to stay on track with God, don't we?
2: We are so blessed. Thank you, sir, for your prayers.
1: Go ahead,
4: James. Okay. Father, so I'm so thankful to be able to call on your name. I know from your word that you're always listening to your children. I pray today for Alex and Bert, God, the ministry that you gave them that they remain faithful, Father, that you would just fill them to the full with the Holy Spirit in whatever they do, God. And I pray that you would bless their wives, Miss Jan and Ms. Angie. Angie, Angie. yes, Miss Angie. Father, I, got, I just pray that you would be with them wherever they go, God, and, and keep them safe and, and keep them in your will. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. amen james thank, thank you brother. You so much
1: alex Goodness. uh that
2: we're so glad
1: we are it it's we, we've never you know was talking about apollos and all the others never arriving uh yeah. we're still on that road we're still on our journey and james thank you for praying that we'd stay faithful
2: and to everybody listening i know you pray for us we love you we thank god for you and we just appreciate you so much. The number is 888 Today, if you want to get your question in, you probably can get in, eight 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 five eight nine eighty eight forty. 589 Charlie in North Carolina, my home state. Where in the Tar Heel State are you, Charlie?
4: i in Claremont.
2: Oh, I know where that is. Yeah, sort of in the western part of the state, isn't it?
4: It's between Hickory and Statesville,
2: off i forty. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Well thanks for listening. What you got for us, Charlie? I'm just proud to be on the air with a couple of
4: guys a couple of uh uh unapologetic six day creationist guys. <laughs> <laughs> you got I that right, serious. brother. <laughs> uh, amen. And I just yeah, I just love it to hear y'all get excited about the word. I mean, you know when you when you do that. Sometimes people kind of turn their head sideways at you and think you might be a little bit off. But, man, I get it, and y'all get it. And I love you guys. And thank you, James, for that prayer. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, uh, um, that, that's, that's Hey, i got I got to tell you stuff.
2: this. Um, about 20 years ago, I was doing some work for the North American Mission Board. I was in Denver, Colorado, and speaking to college students. And during the Q&A, Somebody asked me, and now I, Bert, there was easily a thousand people there at this thing. They said, do you believe that God created in six days and rested on the seventh? And I said, I do. I do believe that. It's in the Bible. Well, somebody came up to the book table and said, Alex, if you tell these college students and professors that you believe in six-day creation, they're going to think you're crazy. And I said, well... Uh, I'm sorry you know I I hate it but they didn't hang on a cross and die for me Jesus did and I said it's in the Bible I said it is possible Uh, and I think the evidence really shows that it's not only possible but actual and call me crazy but I believe what the Bible says and uh, Darwin wasn't there to witness it but the Lord Jesus was, and uh, God's account of the creation moment was six literal days, and on the seventh he rested, and yes, I believe it.
1: Well, I, I think it is by far easier, not just easier, but more accurate to believe in that than millions and millions of years. The only way that anything of evolutionary, even a old earth now those of you that are christians and old earthers alex and i are telling you we don't want to have a division among us we just say hey let's agree to disagree we just believe that the problem of sin in with the old earth just it it grips me but anyway i I just want to share with you god and jesus christ who he is when you see who he is and what he can do six days is no problem And it is something to get excited about. Thank you, Charlie. God bless you, brother.
2: Thanks very much. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Brandy in, I believe, is it Iowa? Brandy, do I have that state correct, Brandy? Iowa, yep. Okay, welcome.
4: Hello. I am so excited to talk to you guys, first of all. I (laughs) absolutely (laughs) love listening to you guys. You guys are... Very comical, but very informational. I give a lot of information, and um, it's really helped me this year grow a lot. I will say that. Um, I wanted to ask though, I for I to be honest, I just went and got a new study Bible because I have a couple Bible studies that I'm doing, and uh, I got the question and answer new international, or the yeah, the NIV question and answer bible but i was looking at the dr jeremiah one and which version do you guys think is best
1: listen yeah let me answer that brandy uh i hope you're listening make sure you're listening listen there's some good versions i i love a version that is as close to the original as i can get some people like a version that takes uh it's not liberty. it's Explanation of it, Alex. You know what I mean.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. Of
1: it, and NIV does that a little bit more. I love the. I'm a. I love the New King James. I really did. and I think it has a lot to do with my age, because growing up, I memorized all my verses in the King James version, and uh, but I always had trouble with the phylis and the. Uh, go without all that stuff and i had a trouble with thy sure. and the thou. Sure. and when the new king james version came along it changed those to the words that i could understand and it's it's pretty close it's real close to the original and mm-hmm. uh the uh, the english standard esv is a good one too mm-hmm. but there are some that those are i love the new king james i just put it out there alex go ahead
2: Amen. Well, you know, what what you've got with, uh, like, the NIV, there's, in in translation, there's something called dynamic equivalent, where, in in a way, they sometimes try to smooth it out and um, almost paraphrase it, uh, but the one you can read, the one you can study, the one you learn and internalize, that's what the Lord's going to use in your life. Um, I'm going to try, Lee in Arkansas, quickly, we've only got a little bit of time, but What's your question, my friend? Uh,
0: my wife and I have been
2: are you there? You're in the
0: process of finishing
2: up that house, right? He, hey, you're, brother, you're he, breaking up. I am so so sorry. Lee, try to call in tomorrow if you don't mind. Yeah, I um, think
1: his question would have taken longer than he had anyway, Alex. So yeah. So Lee. We, we want you to call back tomorrow. We're just not asking. We want you to. We want to look at that and pray for you.
2: And and by the way, we, I know we've got some people on hold. Time just fleets away. I apologize. Question about uh, Six-Day Earth. Let me encourage you to read the wonderful scholarship of Answers in Genesis. Oh, yes. Ken Ham, Terry Mortenson, The Early Earth by James Whitcomb. Um, and... Uh, well, there are many great ministries, but I want to tell you there's a lot of very brilliant scholars that believe what Genesis says that in the six days God created, rested on the seventh. You Alex, can believe it too.
1: Yeah, with that in mind, and and everything opening up, go visit the Creation Museum up close to Cincinnati. It's there oh. in Northern Kentucky. While you you're there, you will
2: not be disappointed. You will
1: not visit the Ark while you're there. Make two days of it. Don't just go to one. Hey, Alex, we're going to get into chapter 19 tomorrow. I'm excited about that as
2: well. Me too. Folks, thank you for listening to Exploring the Word, the American Family Radio Network. God bless you. Pray for America and tune in tomorrow. We'll see you then.